Hi, I'm Mike Sklenz, and welcome to Nintendo World Report's Connectivity Podcast, Episode 110, She Always Has a Solution. I've got three segments on the show for you this week. First up is This Week in Nintendo with the twin twins, Scott and Neil. After that, Don joins them for a talk about some of Nintendo's recent sports-related games. And finally, James Jones joins Alex for a spoiler-free discussion of Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Dual Destinies. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to This Week in Nintendo, and this week we're going to talk about video games like we do every week, I think. <laughs> right. um, I'm Neil Ronahan, and with me, as always, is Scott Thompson. I'm excited for the week where we don't talk about any video games. You know, there probably were weeks like that. Like, I think the end of the Wii life cycle leading up to the Wii U, like the 3DS wasn't doing very good. We didn't know anything about the Wii U. We probably, there's probably just a whole Doctor Who It was Who probably just somewhere. like, um, I guess... Just make the Doctor Who bonus segment the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, let's do Space Dinosaurs and Doctor Who yeah. all. Just make that the whole episode. That would probably be our best episode ever, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and then like throwing, just throwing a yeah, game and over then, and then, like, Jeopardy. 10 minutes of like me and Patrick and Tyler talking about Batman. There you go. Oh yeah, doing some comic talk. Yeah. Yep. yep. Perfect. Um, so let's talk about... <laughs> uh, this week kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, but let's start with the cool shit first. Wii Sports Club launched uh, today. November 7th, and we've got Wii Sports Club Bowling and Wii Sports Club Tennis. Um, I'm excited to play both of them. I have not yet played either of them. There will also be a segment this week where we talk to Don Koopman, a person who has actually played both of these and reviewed both of them. Yep. Um, his takeaway is that bowling is pretty damn good, and tennis eh, tennis online seems like it's very weak, which is funny because Nintendo had any Wada asks all about how, well, it was tricky to do tennis, but we got it. But apparently, like... Unless you have a perfect connection, it runs like shit. Really? That Which is sucks. funny, because I remember playing Grand Slam Tennis, um, a Wii game that used Wii Motion Plus, and I played that online, and I didn't really have a lot of lag. <laughs> I mean, even, like, that was probably on Dreamcast, wasn't it? And I bet even that probably <laughs> ran fine with its 56K modem. Yup. Yeah, I think <laughs> Top Spin Tennis or something. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah, so I'm excited. That kinda, that's to... kind of disappointing. I'm yeah, still but I'm ex- excited to play both of them, though. Yeah. Do you know? I, I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit in the other segment, um, which we did before after this. So we've got like weird time travel going on for the yeah. listeners here. But Weird. do you know, like with the bowling, if you could do like two versus two matches, like Katabi and I locally sit down and play against two people online. We'll have to ask Dom that either in the past or in the future. <laughs> okay, so you either already know the answer to that question, or you will find out yeah. later. Yeah. Uh, my my gut, which you'll know if I'm wrong or right. Um, I feel like no, because I, I, as far as I know with these is they're kind of, it's like whatever's in Wii Sports, but online mm-hmm. and maybe with some kind of high score thing, but I'm, I'm really jazzed to, to play some fucking bowling again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like bowling in Wii Sports and I'm glad to have it just like downloaded on my home yeah. screen at all times and Here- tennis, tennis I'm curious about. Yeah, here's a sad story. In 2006, when the Wii was coming out, I automatically assumed that all of Wii Sports could be played online because in 2006, poor, naive, little Scott thought, hey, it's the next generation. Xbox Live is a thing. PS3's online. Surely the Wii will have online functionality, and it's just a you given now for every fall. game. And here we are, six years later, we're finally getting it. So well, Almost exactly love, uh, six years. I forgot what game was Nintendo's seven years. first online multiplayer game. Oh, yeah, no, Wii Sports Club is Nintendo's first online multiplayer game on the Wii U. How fucked up is that? 
Yeah, that's true. Almost an it? entire year. They've released um I think twelve games. Yeah. Actually I can I can go back and look at a feature that I did last week. Tell you exactly how many games and what they are. Hold on. But that's true. I mean they've done a lot like with Miiverse and stuff, which pulls in some online elements, but yeah, never like full on twelve games. Twelve never full on multiplayer. Games. None of them were online. So bad. And a lot of them really could have been online, but you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mistakes were made. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, and we'll see. I think golf is next on the docket, and I think baseball will either be at the same time or a little after that. And then bo- or boxing seems like it's a little farther off. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see golf in like December, um, and then maybe baseball in January. Then just try to do like golf. And ten and bowling at the same time because it seemed like they'd be the easiest to get working online because you're not playing like yeah. at the same time, you know, as you are I, with tennis and boxing. I think tennis might have been one of the early ones because I think bowling and tennis were the two big, the two most popular Wii Sports games. Well, yeah, that's that's probably. And actually, sure. if you think about it, the order that they're probably going to release them are probably in the order of the popular to the least popular. Yeah, because um, I think golf would definitely be right up there with bowling and tennis, and I think baseball and boxing were always the, the weak links. Mm-hmm. I did like baseball, though, and it seems like what they're doing with the the new one where, like, the pitcher will use the gamepad while the hitter, you know, just uses the bat with the Wii remote. Like, that seems like it could be really cool. Right. But after baseball and Wii Party U, where else do you go? Right. Honestly. So the other cool thing that is coming out this week is Toki Tori, um, which, uh, I believe this is the WiiWare version of Toki Tori, but it's on Wii U. It's adding a off-TV play, and you can do some touch controls. This is, a, I believe, a 2001 Game Boy Color game. Uh, you can now get it on WiiWare for, I think, like 8 bucks, maybe? I don't know. 9 bucks, 10 bucks. You can get it on 3DS Virtual Console, the original Game Boy version, for, I believe, 4 or $5. Or, if you get it on Wii U right now, you can get it for $2.00. It'll go up to four bucks, I think, uh, in one month's time. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But this is a really cool game. Um, I'm not going to buy the Wii U version because I played the Game Boy Color version earlier this year. Maybe that was last year. Whenever it came out, I played it. I really enjoyed it. It's a fantastic puzzle platformer. If you've never checked it out before, I think the Wii U version, especially for the price point, is the way to go. Um, these guys also know how to use the Wii U, considering they made Toki Tori 2 on it, and it's a pretty kick-ass game. Mm-hmm. And they had two other games that I think originally had Rubik's Cube licenses called Rush and Edge. And they're coming out, I think, in the in the coming weeks. Those I never played, and I remember always hearing good things. They both came out on WiiWare. <clears throat> uh, have oh. you ever played any of the Toki Tories? Uh, Toki, Toki Tori 2 a little bit. Um, but obviously, I mean, they must have had some success if they're deciding to bring, you know, this and then Rush and Edge uh, yeah. to the Wii U. I'm, you know, I'm always interested to hear... And you, you get some of it from, from Don's excellent segments with uh, eShop developers. But it's, yeah. it's always interesting to hear about experiences. And, I mean, it just sounds like the Wii U eShop experience is, like, light years ahead of, of what the WiiWare experience was. Oh, I mean, and, and I think, uh, I mean, I'm really curious to see how the whole indie shit shakes out um, over the coming months with PS4 and Xbox One. Because mm-hmm. um, I... I think, and I don't think this is going to do anything where it's like, the Wii U is going to sell 80 million consoles because of this. Um, But I think that Nintendo's insistence on indies like a year ago will finally start to pay off soon. 
Um, yeah. And I think, I mean, we're going to see it pay off with PS4 right off the bat because I think Sony was a lot more aggressive with it. Mm-hmm. And I think Sony also, Sony probably started reaching out to indies for PS4 before Nintendo started reaching out to indies for Wii U. <laughs> or at least on the scale that Nintendo and Sony are both doing it now. Um, but I, I think I think the indie future on Wii U is going to be bright because it seems like Nintendo is being very smart about it. Um, yeah. But you should, ta- I, I highly recommend Tokitori. It is... I mean, outside of, like, the character being the same, it is nothing like Tokitori 2. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, maybe um, I'll have to do that. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. for two bucks. It's so weird, because I didn't really follow Tokitori 2 um, up until, I think it was at PAX East, <laughs> and that was the first time I kind of paid attention to it, and how that just has the whole kind of, like, where you're, like, stopping and chirping. Like, mm-hmm. that wasn't in the original at all, and the reason being is that I know they went back to it for the WiiWare version and kind of added, I think they added more content to it. And I did an interview with uh, with the guys at Two Tribes, and they made a comment during it about how we did everything we thought we could do with that original concept. So when we developed Tokitori 2, we you know kept the character in the universe, but we threw everything else out because uh, it's stage based and like the the character has like different abilities that it can use. Like I think the still the little hop is still there, but you'll pick up items that will let you do other things. Um, it's pretty neat. Hmm. That's cool. So let's go to 3DS Town. Um, population Us. <laughs> First up, we got 3DS Retail Games. Apparently Luxor originally came out as a retail game. It's $5.99 on the eShop, and that's uh, that's Zuma, that is Puzzle Loop, that is Magnetica, that is Tokyo Crash Mobs, if you will. <clears throat> it's, it's that game where you shoot marbles at stuff <laughs> and hope to match things and then win. Um, and I remember I've played a Luxor game before. I mean, they're they're competent, but I think I would rather get Tokyo Crash Mobs for the sheer insanity or even go to DSiWare and get Zuma's Revenge because Zuma, um, PopCap knows how to make fun games. Zuma might be a shameless ripoff, but, uh, but it's really good. Yep. Kid Icarus <laughs> Uprising. $34.99 on the eShop. Uh, that is... I think my favorite retail game of 2012. Yeah, you would so, you adored that. If you want to be a cool kid, go and get Kid Icarus Uprising. <laughs> it's like when I came down to it at some point, some unspecified date in uh in 2000 at the end of 2012, I made the call to put Kid Icarus Uprising over Mutant Muds, making it my game of the year. Not too bad. You can tell 2012 was a little bit of a slow year when it comes to <laughs> Kid Icarus or Mutant Muds. Not to take anything away from those games, but if they came out this year, there's no way Kid Icarus or Mutant Muds would be your number <laughs> Kid one, Icarus number two. would be in my fucking top five. Right. Because <laughs> I, th- I, th- I feel like Fire Emblem, we just mentioned, and like fucking Animal Crossing would all trump it for me. Already, and then you've got yeah. Mario and, and, and Zelda. Zelda coming. And, and yeah. Runner 2. Runner 2 is incredible. Right. But But still, if you haven't gotten this game, I mean, this is... I don't know. I think you can actually find it for good deals. I think there's a Toys R Us deal coming up soon on Kid Icarus. Or there's Ooh. I don't know. Um, Boiler. But seriously, uh, um, if if you're listening to this and you want a Toys R Us scoop, we just have like buy one, get one 40% off like every other fucking week on I know. Games. Sometimes I just have to roll in there and it's just like, oh my god, an amazing sale is going yeah. on. I mean, I don't think, I feel like BOGO 40 isn't as good as it sounds. Um, I liked it better when they did the buy two, get one free. Mm-hmm. Um but still, like, if you're going to get games anyway, it's like you might as well, you know, buy one and then get one for 40% off. Like, right. just makes sense. Right. But if you are out of Toys R Us and you're thinking of buying games and you don't see the BOGO 40, like, wait a day. And then it's probably back up again. 
Because mm-hmm. it does seem like it's like every other fucking week. Um, moving on, let's go to the 3DS eShop sales. Uh, it's an Atlas Atlas sale. We just ended the deal on Shimigami Tensei 4, where you can get it for 40 bucks. And now these deals actually look like deals as opposed to just a regular price 3DS <laughs> game. Yeah. You can get Coda Princess, which is a pretty fun beat em up with uh with uh Zach Miller Booptastic Girls in it. Mm-hmm. That's twenty dollars. It is it is a really fun game, actually. Like, you know, it's a brawler with RPG mechanics and a kind of dumb story, but there's like a I don't know, my favorite character that I think his name was Allegra or Allegro. And he was this like little shitty mage who would play rock guitar. <laughs> and that would be his ability. Um that was probably my that's what I remember about that game. Yeah. Because I would just play that character and be like, he's he's playing a solo and he killed the zombie. It's great. <laughs> game of the year. <laughs> yeah. I mean to prove that to prove that 2012 was that week of a year, that was number three now. <laughs> <laughs> um Etrian Odyssey Ford Legends of the Titan, which is another fantastic game. Um, that is now $30 from November 11th to the 18th. I can't recommend that game enough if you like dungeon-crawling RPGs and cartography. Some caveats. Fans of the series would really like Adrian Odyssey 4. <laughs> if you like these two kind of weird, obscure two things I'm going to say. <laughs> it is good, I mean, though. I, just, I actually really like Adrian yeah. Odyssey. And I still, I'll still still stand by. I think 4 kicks, knocks the pants off of Adrian Odyssey Untold. Um, it's just, I think it's a better game. I feel like Etrian Odyssey Untold, by virtue of it being a remake of the original, it's just a step backwards in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. 3DS eShop games, not much that exciting. First up, we got Crazy Chicken Director's Cut 3D for a buck ninety-nine. Um, chickens are in a movie studio, and you need to take a shotgun and shoot them. It's a cartoony game. Can tell. <laughs> Yeah, I remember. I remember this game. Um, wasn't it? Or was it Chicken Shoot on Wii? No, was... there was a Chicken Shoot game on Wii. Wow. This is actually so. This is different. I believe Guillaume met with the guys who developed this at E3. He might have played a demo of this, but I know he was given a little shitty chicken thing that <laughs> um, if you email connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com and tell me a really terrible "How did the chicken cross the road?" joke. And if I can find the shitty chicken thing that Guillaume got and he gave to me because he didn't want it and he's like, give it away, then I'll, I'll mail it to you. Um, I'll, I will, if multiple people send in stuff, then I will, I will put all of your names in a hat or use a random number generator and figure out who will win. <laughs> um, but this uh, is if I can find it. And if I don't find it, then I will kindly reply to you and say, sorry, bro. Um, and maybe I'll try to find something else. I don't know. But if you want the <laughs> shitty little rubber chicken that has to do with crazy chicken, which is apparently huge in Poland. Really? Um, yeah, it's like a big license. This game's also on DSiWare. Well, yeah, I like that too. That, yeah, you can get it in 3D on the 3DS or for, I think, a little bit cheaper. You can get it on... I don't, I don't even think so, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, right? Because what is it? Oh, no, it is the same price. You're right. So you just have you just have the option. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so I guess you could go on your 3DS and look at both of them, buy both, and then be dumb. Next up, we got Four Elements, which is a game that, when I was Googling it this morning, actually seemed to have been well-received on mobile devices. Um, Four Elements is $5.99, and it's a mixture of Match 3 Puzzle. like a, There's like Match 3 Puzzle mechanics, there's Spot the Difference stuff, and there's Hidden Object stuff. 
Um, so it just kind of fuses a lot of these things and kind of has like a fantasy story wrapped around it. Um, I think it might not be dog shit. So that's kind of exciting. <laughs> but it does seem, I mean, that's, that's, it had good buzz in the world of mobile a couple of years ago. So that could either mean, you know, oh, mobile people have terrible taste or it's actually kind of fun. Yeah, you never know with those mobile people. Yep. Um, well, I mean, also, fun fact, a lot of those sites that have mobile reviews, the developers pay for those reviews. <laughs> I know oh, that because yeah. I worked for a mobile development company that we were looking at that and I like basically threw a, flipped a shit <laughs> when they were like, all right, we're going to pay this site and do a review. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Um, Is that why you don't work there anymore? No. Out of no. principle? There's, I mean, uh, yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> it wasn't that, that funding nice. got cut or anything um, yeah uh but moving on korg m01d uh there might be a different way to pronounce that that i don't know that's 34 dollars, and that does sound like a it's really expensive however this is just a straight up fucking synthesizer that you can use on your 3ds it's a uh, it's pretty fully featured you can save shit as midis to your sd card you can share it online you can share stuff over street pass to be completely honest, if this wasn't 34 bucks, I might just get it for the novelty factor. Um, I hope they do a good sale where they're like, hey, people who suck in music, just stick around in this for a little bit. It's kind of fun. Yeah, because I've, I've actually also heard really good things about this. Like, it's it's not a game. I mean, it really is like having yeah. a, a Korg device. Like, there's no, there's no, I don't even know if there, how many, like, tutorials and stuff there are. I mean, it's literally like you're just buying, buying the hardware. Um, but it'd be cool. I mean, especially if you're interested in, in making music. And it's always good to have, you know, kind of weird different things on the eShop. I like that this is uh, this is coming to the eShop. That's cool. Indeed. Um, and there's a couple on DS and stuff, if you want to maybe try to find it cheaper. But this mm-hmm. one sounds pretty good because um, of the, I mean, a lot because of the SD card support. I don't know yeah. if that's on the other ones. My Baby Pet Hotel 3D, twenty nine ninety nine. Um, this is This is from our friends over at Treva Entertainment who have been putting out, as far as I can tell, the same game with slightly different things for months now. Um, that's a recurring segment on the show, it seems, is where we talk about how uh, this was probably based off of Riding Stables 3D, uh, a surprisingly decent game that I reviewed back at the beginning of this year. Um, but this one, there's Baby Pets, um, which fuses how they had stuff with babies and stuff with pets. But now it's Baby Pets. So it's like the baby game, but they're pets. And you use the gyroscope. (laughs) I am sold. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Next up is Secret Agent Files Miami. Um, That is from uh, Join Dots, who made that party fair game. It came out a couple weeks ago on 3DS eShop that I think was like 20 bucks or something ridiculous. But uh, this is going to require some reading. Um, I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to the source, going to hunt this down, go to Nintendo's website. All right. Secret agent files, Miami. Oh, I need to verify my age. Cause this game's that <laughs> fucking serious. I, I, I just said January 1st, 1979, which is a lie. It's the way to do it. I think you're that old. All right. Um, there's a pretty good screenshot that comes up where it's some dude who looks like an evil Doc Brown saying, you already have one, don't you? Or do you want me to fix your crooked nose? I don't know what that's in reference to. (laughs) All right. Secret Agent Files Miami. Probably the most challenging... (laughs) (laughs) The first sentence is probably the most challenging adventure to date for 3DS and 2D. Like, they're not sure. (laughs) 
Like the, <laughs> maybe there's another one. You know what? Maybe that other game. Maybe that other Secret Agent Files game. That one's pretty good. This, this one's the, probably the most challenging one. <laughs> the study's out, but honestly, it's probably better than them outright saying it is. Yeah, because the best, the best fucking adventure game ever. Because <laughs> then people would call into doubt. But now, like you set the scene, you're like, we're modest. Just try our game. It's rated M for mature for violence, suggestive themes, strong language, and crude humor. Ooh. Um. So so now now I'll try to go back and keep a straight face. Mia is direct, rough, and has a big mouth. She's a good shooter, but she's also clumsy and can be pretty sensitive at times. And she always has a solution. Just not right now. <laughs> the Secret Service just fired her. She has no money, no papers, and no idea how she got into this situation. We just go back to she always. What was it? She always has an, an answer or a solution. A solution, just not right now. <laughs> she always has a solution, but but she does not be, have a solution. Oh, right, right, right. Here's here's a good part. But she'll be damned if she doesn't find out what this crap is all about. To put it in her words, <laughs> stranded in Miami, she now has to go see her mother, whom she hasn't seen in years, and her mother has no inkling of his real job. You will meet a wide variety of people over the course of this gripping tale. Some will be on your side, others not so much. Proceed with caution and be sure to look and listen closely. It's the only way Mia can survive, and maybe even find out who or what is behind it all. I think I probably could have helped him sell a couple more copies if they just had like <laughs> an eShop trailer that was just a black screen. <laughs> You read it, yeah. Because I don't think anyone would read this otherwise. They don't have the the press releases like they used to. Only people who need to write a paragraph about these fucking games will read this. I just know 2013's Game of the Year race just got a lot more interesting yeah. today. I mean, this is the kind of thing that if I were if, basically if I were in college, aka I was dumber, I probably would buy this. Just like how I bought. Uh, there was that high school game on DSiWare that was like a oh, shit. What's it called? It had another great. Uh, High school DSI where surviving high school that was it. This had another really good write up in the press release um, that made me happy, and then I finally played it, and it wasn't as good as I thought it would be. Um, but that's to be expected with with some of these games. Yep. Rest of the week, uh, Wario's Woods <laughs> came out on 3DS and Wii U Virtual Console. Yay! Um, both for four ninety nine. So if you want to play them on both, you need to buy them separately. However, if you did get uh, the Wii version of Warriors Woods, then it would only be a dollar to upgrade. I think this is all bullshit. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I love Warriors Woods. It's a fantastic game, but like, could you just like spread them out by a month? Like something like that? Like if you guys aren't going to do this whole account system thing, right. just try to hide it. Right, so it doesn't look so egregious. Yep, I yep. agree. But I think uh, Wario's Woods is fantastic. And Wario's purple in this game? That's pretty fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's about it for this week. Um, next week, who knows? I honestly don't know. I think we'll yeah. have Mario 3 soon. I'll get that. But once again, it's going to be on Wii U and 3DS. Yeah. Pick a, pick a system. That's going to be stupid. I'd almost... I don't know. I'd, almost I'd probably get it on Wii U because I already have it on Wii. That would only be a dollar. <coughs> oh well, yeah. Then that that's an easy easy choice there. Um, yeah, I don't know. So let's predict next week. So we're gonna get maybe Mario, Mario three. Sonic. Yeah, Mario and Sonic will be highlighted. Um, let's see. Not not Zelda yet. Not not Mario World yet. 
Um, maybe, maybe, maybe Link to the Past. Because um, what is that? That would be a week before... Yeah, I, I hope so. Worlds. Yeah, if they're going to do it, now's the time to fucking do it. Really should have done it this week, but... Um, I guess with maybe Wii Sports and everything, they wanted to maybe separate them. I don't know how much thought they put into these things, honestly. It seems like they just <laughs> no, have no, every, no. they just have like everything written down on sheets of paper that could go this week, and they just like grab a handful and, and I mean, just it's like, throw it's it. Like the thing that kind of kills me is that like I, I know that these things are probably planned out so far in advance, but like really, really. And I don't know, why don't they ever want to build suspense for these things? I mean, this has been an issue forever, but why not, like, announce that something specific is coming on a certain day so you can kind of look forward to it? I mean, yeah. it, it's not, you know, you wake up on a Thursday and you're like, well, what is it this week? And it it's always kind of feels like a letdown. If we knew when yeah. good stuff was coming, then we wouldn't be so, like, disheartened when we get I mean, a week of nothing. I, I always do like it when they're like, all right, guys, over the course of the next month, here are the virtual console games coming out. Like, that's what Japan yeah. does, and I, I really like that practice. I mean, Earthbound, Earthbound, that's a game people waiting for since the virtual console yeah. concept, and they just, they don't announce it until the day it comes out. Crazy. I don't know. Yeah. But what do, what do I know? Well, you know, the Wii Mini is just going to take all the sales away from the Wii U this year. Because obviously <laughs> Nintendo's super serious about it, that it was just a stealth press release a week before it was going to be in stores. Yeah. And also, no one thinks that anybody going to a store can tell the difference between a, a Wii Mini and a Wii yeah. U. It's like I can't tell you the amount of people that have told me that I'm wrong on on Twitter because I, I don't think the Wii Mini is going to hurt the Wii U at all. Yeah, I know. What a weird complaint. I mean, I, I, I understand a little bit the issue with a lot of different SKUs, but I don't know. I don't. It's not a problem. It's gonna I mean, be... it's, it's, it's like the whole thing where, like, I understand that, like, yeah, you know, you are going to have uneducated parents. May, people are probably going to fuck up. But, like, I mean, I don't really know what else Nintendo could do. To... Even even if a family member fucks up, you just return it and get what you wanted. Yeah. It's not like it's not like you, that yeah. you're never going to make that sale. <laughs> I mean, it's the kind of thing where it's like I mean that you you run that risk with any time there is a console that is on the shelf at the same time as another console, and they both have similar like PlayStation Two and PlayStation Three. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. remember uh, uh, I had a friend's mom uh, around GameCube uh, would refer to the GameCube as like the Game Station, like oh, I'm going to get you that Game Station for Christmas. Just because she didn't know what the fuck it was called. Right. She got the right thing, though, thankfully. Right. But, I mean, and that's the thing, is that, like, I mean, as much as it's a responsibility of parents to not fuck up, it's also, if you're a child and you're asking for something for Christmas, you need to be direct about it. You so write that shit down. You spell if, it out. <laughs> yeah. If you are a kid between the age of, like, six and, I don't know, 14 or something that's listening to the show, first mm-hmm. off, if you're, like, six, I'm sorry. I curse a lot. Yeah. Um, Fucking right. <laughs> and second off like if you want something you need to be crystal fucking clear kids like i remember having to uh buy a christmas gift to myself when the gamecube <laughs> came out so that way i would have a memory card because i acknowledged it was like second week of december and i realized i'm like they don't understand that i need a memory card with the system yep <laughs> so that i bought a memory card not even 100 percent sure that they got me the system but i was just like either way i mean this is something i'll need eventually mm-hmm. and it saved christmas <laughs> everyone was better for it yeah or else i would have been there being like i play super smash brothers but it's not gonna save no how awful would that be yeah, that would have sucked it would have been like i unlocked this character and then i turned off the game and it was like shit <laughs> um, but i think that's it for this week yep um, talk to you guys next week bye, bye.
everyone, and welcome to this sports game segment uh, of Connectivity, I, I guess, basically. Uh, I'm Scott Thompson. I'm with Neil Ranahan. Hello. <laughs> I love hosting, because I never know what voice I'm going to get from you. Uh, and Don Koopman. Hello. Is it me Hello. you're looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Don, yeah, that's actually what this segment is. Don's just going to serenade us for the next 30 minutes. Connectivity after dark. Ooh. Ooh. Kind of <laughs> oh, for me, it's truly after dark, so, hey. <laughs> Yeah, it's actually probably almost before light now for you. It's almost four now, yeah. Yeah. Um. So this segment is going to be all about Wii Fit U, uh, Wii Sports Club, and Mario and Sonic at the 2014 Sochi Olympic Games. Mario and uh, Sonic at the Russian like, Resort Town. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we've kind of got a little bit of everything, so... Um, first, let's talk about We Fit You, because that's something we, I believe we've all been enjoying at this point, or at least been participating in. Whether or not you enjoy working out, I guess, is another conversation. I enjoy yeah. playing We Fit You. That does I not do say anything too. about working out. I just like We Fit You a lot. I'm with you. What about you, Don? Uh, for me, We Fit You has another purpose than getting fit, because um, I most people won't notice about me, but I am born with a balanced from a very early age. So I actually use WeFitU for my uh, fit. Oh, that's workout. awesome! Wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, so I actually used that from first game. I actually still use the original to do this day. So I actually, just moved over to WeFitU. <laughs> wow, that's cool. So you you have to transfer all your data then from your from WeFit Plus then, huh? Yeah, because I still use it ever so often. So for me, yeah. it's important to have that data with me. You know that that's a that's a question I had. If when you transfer your data, because one of my big complaints is that we fit you and we fit in general has always started off so slow. I mean, like you have to start every exercise from the beginning with explanations, and you start with such low number of reps. I mean, it's like you're doing push-ups, and I'm like, I can do more than six push-ups. You know, like like don't I, I shouldn't have to unlock doing more than six push-ups. Um, now, when you transfer your, your information over, do you have you unlocked all the old exercises? Like as far uh, as they as far as they go, or do you have to like re rework through everything? So, so I tried like the Japanese version like one day beforehand before the European version came out, mm-hmm. and what I found was that all all of the stuff was already unlocked for the most part. Except oh, for, good. Like, the, except for the, the higher difficulty. Okay. Uh, when, when I put my data in all the like the difficulty stuff. Okay, good. So, but so it does um it it does let you basically have all your progress from the old games. You don't have to replay through all the explanations and then low rep settings you can start with the difficult uh stuff yeah yeah oh well that's cool because that, that that really is one of my bigger complaints but i suppose if you transfer everything over then that'll be fine yeah. i should have done that i just didn't want to take the time to do it so <laughs> because my, I, I never transferred my wii stuff over to my wii u um my wii was broken and was already packed away by the time i got my wii u and then i didn't feel like digging it out so i'll probably do it at some point once more virtual console stuff comes out but anyway um so the the working out portion of We Fit You, I think, is pretty familiar to anyone who's played We Fit. Like, I don't know that there's a lot of new normal exercises. It's kind of all the, the same the same types of stuff. But I do like the dancing, uh, even as kind of dumb as it makes me feel. And I feel like I, I probably look very stupid because uh, I can't dance. I feel dance. like such a douchebag doing that. <laughs> but it does. It does. It feels like a very good workout. Um, at least to me. What what do you guys think about the the dancing? I only um, did like I, the very early ones, so I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten too far into it. Um, I I plan on playing more We Fit You than I have, but I basically I put about hour and a half 
two hours into it over like two or three sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did, I did two of the dancing things, but the really early basic stuff. So when they're just kind of like, here, do this basic thing. And then at the end you'll do it for a little bit and it's cool. Um, yeah. I, 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 I just, I, like... I just like it because it is the kind of stuff where, you know, it's something simple and I feel like we fit you is good in the sense that it gets you moving. Not mm-hmm. that like you're going to be ripped from it, but it just kind of keeps you. Yeah. It keeps, keeps the blood flowing it's better for, I guess, almost like cardio as opposed yeah. to like strength training. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Depending on what you do, a lot of a lot of the regular exercises. I mean, you're doing like push ups and planks and squats. Yeah. I mean, that's oh, actually dude, more strength plank, training. The plank kicked my ass. Yeah. Because it was one of the last things I did too. For me, yeah. the balance games and that sort of stuff is for me the most useful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's always felt to me more like uh, like an accomplice. Like if if you're really trying to get fit, it's great because it holds you responsible for what you're doing. I mean, if your weight goes up, it specifically asks you, hey, fatty, why did you get fatter? Yep. <laughs> like, like you tell me what you did wrong and Dude, then you, the have, to, you have to answer it. I know. I was <laughs> watching what I'm eating, spying on me and shit. So like, you know, so you just have to really uh, kind of take responsibility for what you're doing. And I like that. But I do agree that I, I don't know how much weight you could really lose just doing we fit like i think it's got to be part of you know a better diet and and doing yeah really doing more cardio outside of it i mean you really need to like go run or ride a bike or do an elliptical or something i mean i guess you could run in place for an hour playing we fit but that's you know how much fun is that really i don't know and do you need we fit to run in place for an hour no you can just do it run yeah, around your house cool when you're like Doing it on a bicycle thing and trying to go around Woohoo Island. I don't know. No, the right. kind of sucks. <laughs> uh, the balance games, I really like though. Some of the new the new stuff. I like um, the. I mean, some of them I played before uh, at E3s. Uh, this one. I mean, we were talking about. I think last week on this week in Nintendo, we were talking about the the Luge one, mm-hmm. which is fucking. Brutal. Yeah, that shit will kill you. <laughs> because I mean, yeah. you're, you're sitting your butt on the balance board and you have your legs elevated and you're supposed to lean back. Yep. So it's just a lot of like intense ab workout, and it really like it'll end you if mm-hmm. if you play it at the end of the second day of E3. Yeah, <laughs> as you did. Yep. Um. Yeah, and I, I feel like all of them. You know, like the the, the old ones. I, I think of like the ski jump and and different yeah. stuff like that, and they were I okay. Did, but... The snowball fight one. I think that was only in plus. That's really fun. The snowball fight one's good too. Yeah. 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 There was there was one we fit you specific one that I played that I really liked. Dessert course is cool. Yeah, that one's fun. Um, I like to like the diving a lot. Actually, the diving one. I haven't done the diving one yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one's good. I like the trampoline one because I mean, it's yeah. like forcing you to just sit there and do squats, but you don't really realize you're doing squats. I mean, that's um, but that's the that's where I like the balance games is where they basically have you do things that f- you don't like you wouldn't normally do. Right. Um, I think my absolute. I think my absolute favorite and the one that I got most use out of my conditions is Ultimate Obstacle Course. Oh yeah, yeah that, that one's fun that's, too. Actually, that's really good. Yeah, that, that one's a good little workout too. Because I mean, you're really like you're just running in place the whole time, but you're doing a lot of stop and go and like shifting your weight and stuff. Um, it's it's way of... more it's way more interesting than like the first one, which was just standing in place and yeah. So oh, it, the yeah. rock climbing, the rock climbing, so cool. oh yeah, oh yeah, the, the rock climbing. That was cool. that was the one that I was thinking of. I haven't done rowing yet. Um. Just, I'm, I'm on the website right now. Puzzle Squash is really neat. Well, Puzzle Squash, I wasn't really too much fond of. Yeah, it's just okay to me. It, it's not. It's neither here nor there. I mean, it's like it's like playing tennis on Wii Sports. You know, yeah. it's nothing new. 
I um, like um let's see, I like hose down. I still like that one. Yeah, I mean hose down once again that's another one where you're doing lunges but you're playing a game. Right. Yeah, so you're not you're not thinking about it. Yeah, like that that's just really smart. And like by the end of like an hour of playing these games with my wife the first night we got it, it was like I mean, I felt sore. Like, I felt like I had really done a little workout. And it's really cool that they, they found a way to sort of secretly build working out into these games that are, like, there's a variety of them, and they're each different. And for the most part, they're all fun. Um, yeah. So I've been I've been really impressed with that. It makes for a fun little party game, assuming everyone's okay with, like, getting sweaty by the end of the night, um, which all my parties end in just sweaty, like, orgies. So it, it doesn't really, it's no problem for us. Anyway, um, what about the Fit Meter? Have you guys been using that? Uh, yeah, I, I actually, I have it on my uh, my belt right now. The one I thing just, that I, I find funny about it is uh, I'm going to check the temperature right now. Because it's on my belt, like, uh, my my belt is about 88 degrees. It is not 88 degrees in my house right now, <laughs> where I find, like, the, the whole temperature thing to be kind of pointless. Um, yeah. Just, just because it, it, you know, reads... Reads the temperature for where the fit meter is, which I, I keep it on my belt loop. The, the, um, the but I do like funny, it a lot. Yeah. The funny thing is, is that like the Wii Fit meter is never nowhere available here. So I just got it through Nintendo. Because oh, you ordered it directly from Nintendo? No, I got it from Nintendo. I asked them, where can I get a fit meter? We can send you one. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> Because there's, you can only get it through Amazon, and then I have to go through a loophole because we don't have an Amazon here in my country. So it's it's really weird to get a fit meter in my country. So it's it's really poorly distributed across Europe. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of poorly distributed everywhere. Like, I've had so many people, even I, like, I went to a couple different Toys R Uses and couldn't find it, and it's just like doesn't exist, so Neil just had to send us the one that yeah, Nintendo I even, sent I, us. I work for fucking Toys R Us, and no one has any idea about it. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know whose fault this is, but holy shit. I don't know if they're just not, they're not putting much, like, importance behind it, just because the the official game's not out yet. You know, I don't know. It's it's really bizarre. But, um, so you guys have been using it, though, and I mean, is it kind of neat? I mean, I've heard some things about it, like, it measures your steps, and you can set a goal that you're working towards, like, you're walking a marathon, or you're walking around, like, I don't know, what, like, a huge well, distance or okay, something. okay, so the, the way it works so far, I've only I've only hooked it up once, but it was after, like, two or three days, so it does hold a couple days. I don't know how many. Probably gonna sync it up again, although I've been, you know, going to and from work, so it's not gonna be too exciting. Mm-hmm. Um... But what it is is that, like, it takes your steps and your altitude. And I don't really know how... I guess it's just, like, your total amount that you've moved up and down. Um, and then you can do... You can take the the altitude that you've moved up in your steps, and you can do different challenges. And it'll be like, you're walking around Japan. And then, so it takes your steps, and it simulates you walking around Japan. But it's kind of... It's kind of silly, because it's just, like, you know, a shitty, like, point-to-point map where it's like, you know... uh you're going from this district to that district. Now you're going to this one. That that so reminds me like, of personal trainer walking. Yeah, no, it's very much like personal trainer walking, which I actually I really dug that game. Um, my wife and I got really into it. Um, I don't know why. It just seemed like a fun thing to do, and, and we enjoyed it because we get kind of competitive about it. Um, but it just it doesn't really seem like it's that like it's neat, but because there's no kind of payoff for it, as far as I can tell. Although I think like you're character gets like a different outfit or something if you finish the challenges i heard something about that um but there's not that much of a payoff and the other thing is like i'm climbing up the pyramids now with the altitude but once again it's just 
oh, you're as high as the Sphinx, you're as high as the Great Pyramid, done. Like, it's just very kind of boring. Yeah. Um, I mostly like, just I, use I it. Wish, I wish there was more, like, visual panache at that. I mostly just use it to check how much I've worked out for that day. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I gotta put, so I'm reviewing it, I need to, to put some more time in it, but I, I think the impression between all of us is it's, uh, you know, fairly good. Um, Definitely. You know, and considering you can technically get it for $20, assuming you have a balance board, then that's a pretty good deal, and you can try it free for a month, so you can... Hey, if you have... even if don't have a balance board, I think you can easily get enough a balance board. Oh yeah, I'm sure you can get a used balance board somewhere yeah. for cheaper than buying the game with the balance board. Yeah. I am sure of it, so I would recommend that route. Um, let's then move quickly to Wii Sports Club. Uh, we've all downloaded it now, but only Don has had a chance to play it. He actually, no, reviewed... actually well, I assume that my Wii U has downloaded it. I haven't checked yet. Oh, okay. It well, should you... have. Even it if it hasn't, have. it's a very it's a very quick download. It won't yeah. be a problem. Um, but Don has played the Bowling and the Tennis game, and you reviewed both, correct, Don? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you give Bowling and what did you give Tennis? And then tell gave... us a little bit about them. I gave tennis a seven. I gave bowling an eight point five. Okay. Uh, tennis, I g- why I gave tennis a seven because there is not many modes in particular in that one, um, especially when you're playing like online or against actual regular people in your house. You can still play like up to four people, uh, which is nice. Um, but when you go to like the 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 skill based modes, like the challenges. Um, you can't be like one or or together on a field, or even two, at the very least. You have to play them all separately in terms from one another, which is a really <coughs> it, it's not really the nicest way to put it together. And then with tennis is also the thing that the challenges feel a bit similar while they're working towards the same goal, is like aiming your tennis shot perfectly to reach a certain amount of points. Mm-hmm. So it, they, they are fun, but they're not. Very different from one another. Um, but bowling, though, bowling is so freaking good. Um, I love beca- bowling. Uh, because you have, you have like, the regular bowling, and then you have um, the 100-pin one and um, pin control challenges from Wii Sports Resort, which you, now, can offer, you can play online and local. Oh, that's great. Um, I have a question, Don. Uh, this came up on the previous segment that you will either be hearing before this or after this. Yes. Um, can you do like two versus two bowling? Like, whereas, like you know, me and Scott would be playing, and our score or average would go up against like you and someone else playing. No, it's all individually. Okay, that's okay. That's what I figured. Yeah, but but can you still do two people on one console playing against two other people online, all individually? But could you do two on one console against two other people online? Uh, you can do it with tennis. You can do can't do that with bowling. Oh really? So if I so if my wife and I want to play bowling online, we've just got to take turns with the same character. We can't both be playing. Yeah, you can play four people online, same slot, but it can be two people from the same console. Hmm, a bit of a weird one. Yeah, but, that's but, very strange. But then you have like the free modes from from Wii Sports Resort, not actually from the original Wii Bowling, which is interesting. And then you have free new modes, which they added as well, which are also. Four player local multiplayer, not online, but local multiplayer only. How did the uh, how did the online work for both of them? I mean, was there lag? Did it seem to to run pretty well? With tennis, there was some lag, especially when your opponent has like two bars. 
or uh-huh. some or some smaller, like especially when you are going to hit the ball. Everything above that was totally fine. Um, with with bowling, I never had a problem because you take turns, so there was never much of a lag issue anyway. Uh, but you see like a neat perspective of the other players and what they're exactly doing. So um, you at least have something to look at while you wait. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I was really excited about this, but even just hearing you talk about it, it kind of <laughs> built my excitement a little bit. <laughs> well, bowling bowling is actually really surprisingly tense when you play it with other people. Yeah. Um, I, I found out I actually did a video with the guys from Game Explain a week ago when it came out in Japan, and we did the spin control challenges, and it was so neck and neck, like three yeah. pins different. <laughs> People should really watch that, but it was like insane, insanely close, and it became so much fun in the end. Yeah. So, so bowling has more of an unpredictable factor to it. With tennis, I've a bit from yeah, it's it's fine, but um, it mostly goes with how much you can hit the ball perfectly. I just feel like yeah. uh, with bowling, that would be a better online experience because it is a little more of like you know you're. I mean, you are playing against other people, but, like, it's not like you need to worry about, like, the... You don't need to worry about lag in bowling, pretty much. Right. You're um, one at a time. And I also yeah. feel like tennis, and I'm thinking back to, like, when I would play Wii Sports, is that, like, bowling would be the kind of thing that, like, we would pass around a Wii Remote and, like, go do other things while other people went. Mm-hmm. Whereas tennis, everyone needs to be involved. And I feel like tennis is a much better local multiplayer game. And when you have it online, especially when you throw in a little lag, it just kind of, I would imagine it might fall apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I find, I find tennis, long one, it becomes a bit predictable. Um, with bowling, you never know what's going to happen or how good you're going to spin that ball. Um, with tennis, I feel that the controls are really nice in tennis, and I I feel really confident it's a, it's a lot of fun. But you kind of know how good your skill level is towards the end. It's it's not really a big surprise. It's true, yeah. Whereas tennis maybe feels a bit more like kind of luck. Tennis feels a bit. Uh, you need to be a bit lucky, yeah. With, with bowling, it's yeah. actually how good you are at freaking bowling. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Uh, speaking of games where it feels a lot more like luck than skill, how about that transition? Uh, let's talk about Mario and Sonic at the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympic Games. Um, so I don't really like this game a lot. Uh, <laughs> we yeah, were just talking about how you thought it was okay. It's okay, but like the more I think, I feel like what I like about it are like all these like sort of like extra features and ideas that I think are really great. But playing but like every time I think about this game. Yeah, every time I think about actually playing the game, I'm like, man, I, I don't I don't really want to play it. <laughs> um, I think there's a video that might be up on NintendoWorldReport.com of Justin Baruby playing this game with a Nintendo rep and doing the figure skating pairs. Yeah, I saw that. Again. Yeah. And I think I think that is the best thing about this game. <laughs> and I think you can only see it happen once. Uh, um I've, I feel that some aspects of Mario and Sonic are actually Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, I think London 2012 was a lot better. Oh, really? See, this is my first Olympic uh, game that I've played. I will, I will, I will try to give uh, some comprehension why I think that is. Because okay. with London 2012, 
you could still use the motion controls if you wanted to. That is the, was the big difference because for the rest of the part, you could use NES style controls. Oh, really? See, that's my that's my biggest complaint about this yeah. game. Um, is that and I mean you okay? Go ahead. Yeah, with with Touchy 2014, they moved completely away from that. Said, "Hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going back to full motion control." Yeah, which is so bad. I mean, it works. It works okay, but I mean, as as anyone knows who's played a game with motion control, it's like it's fine for these kind of broad gestures. But when you're trying to be very precise, even with me, Wii Motion uh, Plus, it just doesn't it doesn't register. Well, so some some do it well, like with with uh, skiing and snowboarding. It's actually really pretty good. See, I didn't um, think so. I I found a lot of times that I like. Would would try to like make these tight turns and the controller just wouldn't register and I, I just couldn't I never felt comfortably like in control of my character as I was doing this like like when I was on a straightaway or everything you know was going fine that was that was okay but when I picked up speed and it's and it's making you do a lot of twists and turns I never felt like I could stay on course like I was always going off course. You you need to then use the, those uh, trigger buttons a bit more. Oh yeah, no, I know, but you, you can't even use those in, in all of them. Like uh, skiing doesn't have the trigger button. And snowboarding does. Snowboarding feels okay, but skiing doesn't. Skating doesn't. So I don't yeah, know. Skate, skating for me personally was the worst, especially speed speed skating. Yeah, speed, speed skating was like the worst offender of it all. I really hated that one. Yeah, speed skating is uh, fun because I I played like the Legends Showdown, which is the sort of like story esque mode. Yeah, and there you are forced to do speed skating. Uh, We're forced one, to do everything. One, yeah. yeah, one versus one. Um, which is a big sport in my country. It's one of the biggest sports here, the winter sports. Oh, okay. Um, so I was actually looking forward to that. I was like playing. I was like, this is the worst shit ever. Yeah. Um, hockey is a lot of fun, though. I really like hockey as well. Yep, I like hockey a lot. And, and the reason I like it, not only because it's hockey, is because it uses the regular stick and buttons. <laughs> and so it, so it is a lot more fun. But I, I want to quickly mention a few things, and that's specifically to, like the online and me for stuff. Okay. Um, well, yeah, because that's like my favorite. That's my favorite stuff. With with online stuff, uh, particularly just online play, you only have four events. Yes, which is stupid. And Wait, I, what? the online play only is four fucking events. Of of eighteen events, you can only play four online. There's yeah. only eighteen events. Yes. No, wait, wait. There's also the the dream events, right? That. I don't think yeah. that's eighteen. That's a no, it's eighteen. Event. There's there's ten there's ten Olympic events and and eight dream events. But wait, there's also there are also three under one event. I think there's a bit more than that. But well, the, no, there's like alterations. So it's like sometimes there's different like courses you can do, um, like different stages. But it's the same. I mean, you're doing the same thing. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are only uh, four events online. Yep. Um, also, and by the it, way, by the way, there are less events than London 2012. So that's another thing. <laughs> oh yeah, so I didn't Did even know 2012 that. 2012 add that cool like London. Like party Mario mode, party kind of thing. Yeah, is that here in this one? No, no. There's there's <laughs> this, this there, there's this Q and A questions thing um, where you have to do these things on existing courses and then just simply go through panels and that sort of simple stuff. It's uh, right. It's, it's like it's like it, it's they really add mundane. like a, yeah, it's kind of like a trivia game mixed in with it. So it's like in, apart from just needing to do well in the events, like they'll ask you questions. Well, like the like the London one had actually mini games. It's like they actually went a step backwards. And what's stupid is the online modes. It, ha- it has four games that you can do out of the eighteen, but it's not even the best ones. Like you can't do hockey and you can't do curling, which to me were the the two best games. I thought. 
Well, yeah, at least you can snowboarding, which I really like. But yeah, I, the, the snowboarding but, but, is but, not but, bad. But they included speed skating. Which is terrible, yep. <laughs> I mean, if you do four events, why do you freaking in hell include speed skating? But in the very least, they do also do one of the better events, which is like the championship race. Yeah, okay, uh, which is this yeah. this huge long downhill race where you, it it randomly assigns you a different um like mode of travel. So like you'll start on skis and then every you pass through a gate and then it randomly gives you ice skates, skis, bobsled, or snowboard. So it kind of changes the way you have to play in between. But unfortunately, kind of all of them kind of handle the same because you're just tilting the Wii remote left and right to control them. So um, the, the the weird thing the the Mii first stuff just went live in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what you now get when you do a record, or reach a certain point of a record, you now get this interview you have to do with this uh, character from the yeah, universe. Yeah, I, I did one of these, yeah. Yeah, and then you can write a Meverse message, and you can also take a picture with the with the camera, and then it goes to your, your feed of your friends online. Yeah, so, so you, they can... So, every single time I took this insane picture, which you can now check out, Scott. Yeah, I'll, of, have to, uh, I'll have to check it out. Of uh, me doing a weird pose of like, <laughs> hey, I want this mundane game. Thank but you very much. The, the the issue for me, I mean, the online, it sucks that there's four modes, but actually it works pretty well. I mean, me, you, and Zach got to play a few rounds of games. I mean, I didn't experience any lag. It all it all seemed fine to me. Um, and I love, I love the friends list integration. So as you're playing and you get high scores in different events, it will alert you when someone on your friends list has beaten your score. And then you can go back and and you know sort of like reclaim yeah, reclaim least, your at throne. At least it has some online leaderboard stuff, right? There, there's and it's really insane large uh, online leaderboard stuff. Exactly, like, and and you can download ghost data, but but the problem is, it, it it's like it wants to be this super competitive sort of like SSX type game with Nintendo characters, but then it it's all motion controlled, so then it just feels like a really bad like party game from like four years ago. I mean, it just doesn't. Most of the events just don't control very well for me and it, it it it's very hard to take it seriously as a competitive game uh, because it ta- just doesn't control well my takeaway is that i just need just have put on the 2012 line and called it a day because it's 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 not i think the winter olympics has a lot of potential and they could have been done a lot of good, cool things with it uh-huh. but they left so many things on the cutting room floor yeah yeah, so I didn't even know that it had less modes and stuff than the other one. I, I mean, I just took it as is, and I think I, the whole if, freaking if, Mario Party mode with like forty mini games. Yeah, and see, it could use that because as a local multiplayer game, it, it's okay in short bursts, but it, it definitely kind of wears thin quickly. Because I mean, all you can really do are just play the eighteen different events, and then, you know that's it. <laughs> but I, I do really like the competitive elements with the leaderboards and friends list and stuff. But it just doesn't. It doesn't play like a game that that should really have that and also, functionality. Also, there are less dream events, and I, here's the thing I find with the dream events in in such 2014, they are less interesting because the the ones in um, Land 2012 was like said in the Mario Galaxy 2 that sort of stuff. I feel yeah. that the ones here are like uh, Sonic Adventure 2. You have like two figure skating ones. Um, yeah, they're they're not that fantastic actually. But what I will say is I actually like the... There's a ton to unlock. There's like 280 challenges in the game, and every time you do one, you unlock something. Um, and there's, there's actually some pretty cool stuff. So, like, you'll unlock musical tracks from, like, old classic Mario and Sonic games, and then you can play those in-game during any of the events. Well, um, they're, so. they're mostly remixes. Um, 
but the, the the thing is that most of the remixes were in the previous games. I think there are like more less than half are new ones. Oh, okay. So it was new to me, but so I, I really liked that. I mean, I, I loved like snowboarding to like classic Sonic Three and Sonic and Knuckles tracks because um, I, I really like those a, games. But there's a really cool one that's uh, that's a remix of track from Mario Sixty. Yeah, yeah, I heard that one. Yeah, that one's awesome. Yeah, um, and then and, and then you unlock costumes for your me, and then you can compete with your me locally and online, and, and the costumes give your me different stats, which is which is pretty neat. You know, you could have your me dressed up as like a tails, or you know, give them a bunch of different hats and clothing to wear, which is kind of fun. Um, I wish that stuff you could dress your me like in Meverse and let everybody see it, which is really stupid that Nintendo still doesn't let you customize your me's that much. Um, but that's neither here nor there, so. Yeah, so it's like, I love the unlockable stuff. I like that they went, like, full-on with the online play. I mean, yeah, you can't do everything, but it's cool that it's there and it works and the leaderboards and everything, but it's just, like, the game that it's all stuffed into. But, but c- come on, let, let's be honest here. They could have taken all of these events online. Exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I know. They they. It's definitely weird that they didn't. <laughs> I mean, it's, I would love to play hockey online. And curling, too. Curling's such, like, a slow-calculated game. It would be perfect for online. Um, it's 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 regular like bowling. You don't know exactly. what to expect. Yeah. Exactly. You you take turns. There's no reason why it couldn't it couldn't work. Um, so I don't know. It's just just really weird. So I love all these elements. And I just want them to take like this whole online infrastructure and then just put it with like Super Smash Brothers when that comes out eventually. Um, but it just doesn't it just doesn't fit with with this game. So. If they if they do the next summer one, I hope it's like London and has the same online play functions. Yep. Then it would actually be awesome. Yeah, with just better controls. If they would yeah. just if they patched this game and put in regular controls, I I would instantly I would feel so much better about it. Uh, that won't happen. Nope, it won't. But <laughs> we can all dream. So I I can say from if you want a Mario and Sonic game this winter, just go pick on the 2012. I think it's very cheap now. Yeah, sounds like it. That was just a yeah. That would yeah, have been just remember, a Wii game. I remember yeah. seeing 2012 at E3 and actually being pretty impressed. Because they do have that, that like the London tour mode or whatever that seemed really cool. Lon- London tour is is a fantastic little mode. Because it's basically Mario Party, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, this this definitely needed something like that. Um, well, I think that's gonna do it. Um, Don, no, you didn't. Zach reviewed it for NWR. He gave it a seven, which I yeah. think is kind of high. I don't, I don't think he 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 enjoyed it. He did enjoy it. Um. I don't. I, I don't. My, my, I'm going to write a review, um, not for MVR, but it's. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just finished my review. It should probably be up because by the time I, this goes up. If, for comparison's sake, one more time, London 2012. I gave that an eight. I think this is going to be a six or lower. Yeah, I went. I went four point five on mine. Ooh. Yep. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I I did debated between like five. Wait, I was wait, wait. I was stuck between four Scott, and a half and five Roger, and a half. You should make it a four point seven. I know, I always think about doing that. Because you can. <laughs> so yeah, so I went 4.5, um, placing it in the bad category, because I that's how I feel about it. It's But if they seriously patched the microcontrols, I would easily add, like, three points to that score. No problem. Like, that, it would be fun to me then, but it just isn't. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, that'll do it. Uh, so, out of all the sports games, uh, everything's just kind of okay. We fits good. Yeah. Uh, we sports... sports club bowling is fantastic. Yeah, bowling's fun. Tennis is okay, and Sonic and Mario, I would probably just stay away from. So, Don, Neil, thank you for being here. No problem. Thank you for being you. Oh well, thank you, Don. And uh, we will talk to you guys later. Later, gang. Bye. Bye.
Hey everybody, Alex Kalafi here, and we got a special treat for you this week. We are talking about Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Dual Destinies, and my guest this week is Radio Free Nintendo's very own James Jones. Hi. And the reason why I picked James Jones is because on the most recent episode of Radio Free Nintendo, he proclaimed to be quite a big fan of the series, which was appealing to me because I also am a big fan of the series. So getting right off, I want to ask you, Jim, what is your experience with the Ace Attorney series? Uh, besides playing all of them with the exception of the Ace Attorney's Investigations 2, Although I played the first case in Japanese. Okay, so you actually attempted to play Ace Attorney. I did. Um, I'm actually patiently waiting for them to complete the translation batch. Yeah, they're like three cases in or something, right? Yeah, they finished two and they're on three now. So at the going rate, we'll get it in like 2018. <laughs> well, I am not quite as big a fan. I did play the first, second, third, fourth, and now fifth game in the main series, and I have a sealed copy of Ace Attorney Investigations. Now, I think where my perspective differs from yours a little is that I actually played all these for the first time this year. Oh, my God. And they were all reprinted and uh, basically able to be obtained for $20. I am guessing that you are different and that you obtained each of these games as they came out. With the exception of four, which I played a few months after, but yeah. <laughs> a few months. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. Uh so but you were on the um so you were on it from the very beginning in two thousand five. Oh, I was super very, excited very when they announced this game was coming out. Because I was I was aware of the series before. And then they said, Oh, it's coming to the US. I'm like, You're fucking kidding me, right? No. There's no <laughs> way a a procedural Japanese court game is gonna come to the US. I was wrong, it did. Oh yeah. so I was yeah, I mean, I was—I actually got the first game the day it came out. That is actually insane. Uh, I did a blog a little while ago. I don't think you read it, but I basically outlined my experience with the series. And uh, I guess going back to my age, it was impossible for me to buy Ace Attorney in 2005. <laughs> because when I wanted the game, it was $80 and only on eBay. What? Why was it $80? You don't remember when, like, the game sold out, basically, of its only print run? Oh, I, I remember it was hard to get. I didn't realize it hit 80 bucks. It might have been that bad. That's infinite space territory. Yep. Oh, my God. And the thing is, like, I was following the series. I had always wanted to play it. And I only finally got to play it this year when, uh, at E3, I was signed up for the Capcom appointment. And I realized I was signed up to check out the demo of Ace Attorney 5, this game, that I didn't even know if there was going to be a demo yet. So in preparation, I played 80 hours of the first four oh, main Jesus. games. <laughs> and I fucking love them, James. Oh my god, that's a lot of Ace Attorney to take in in one shot. Alright, so I want to get into the main game now. Yeah, I think the big thing about Dual Destinies is that they GTA 5'd the shit out of it. And the reason why I say that is because there are three protagonists in this fifth installment of the main series. You have Phoenix Wright, who is, he's the veteran. He's been around the block. He was out of the game for a while, but then he came back after years of being off. Being a hobo, basically. Being ho hobo Phoenix, or Hobophonix, 
as one of my friends called him. Playing piano at eerily Russian borscht clubs and running a talent agency, I'm not sure in ways that is morally or legally acceptable. And so we have him, and then we have Apollo Justice in his second time in the series. He is kind of the louder one, the unpredictable one. He is the wild card. He's 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 young. He's kind of the young gun. He's he's still got all that youthful enthusiasm, but he doesn't know his way yet. Well, he was the young gun, but I think the new young gun is Athena Sykes, who is the new character in this game, and she is the young one. She's smart. She knows her way around the law, but she's new, and that is basically the dynamic here. So we got Phoenix Wright, who is now a veteran. He's cooled down. He's like the Mia of the gang. Like he's he's like he's not like goofy and he's the mentor like role now. Exactly, but he's still kind of the main character too. Yeah. Well, his, I mean, his name's on the box. And we got Athena, who yep, she's new, which was kind of interesting. Because unlike Apollo Justice, when they just threw out a bunch of new characters and they just assumed we would fall in love with them. Right. They actually spent time making sure that we liked Athena, making sure she was important to the story, and even making sure we cared about Apollo. Right. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's an old game. I'm not going to spoil it too much. But they, they do personify Apollo in four, but they wait till the end to do it. It's one of the last twists of the game where they really sort of give him the backstory that he really needed to be a character that you could fall in love with. The, the funny thing is, Phoenix Wright never got that backstory. He, he still, we still don't know what he did before he became an attorney, really. I mean, we know there was the case when he was little. That came, we got that along, like, way along the way. And we know a little bit of his history, but really, he was sort of, he never really got the really explosive, like, twist of his life story the others have. Well, the fascinating thing about Phoenix Wright is one of the fascinating things about the Ace Attorney series, and that it's not like Sonic the Hedgehog or Mario, where it's the same time period forever. Characters age, and they actually act like they've aged. Right. So his backstory in the fifth game became the first four games in the series. Yep. Uh, so the interesting thing about that dynamic is that instead of just having one character who we follow their stories... We get a little bit of Athena leading the game. We get a little bit of Phoenix leading the game. And we get a little bit of Apollo leading the game. What did you actually think of that? Did you feel like they still managed to give everyone the right amount of attention despite the fact that the perspective was split? I think I think while individuals lead the game at certain moments, it's not like they exist apart from the other two characters at any at any moment. So, you know, for a while, Phoenix might step out a bit. But that's because, I mean, as a mentor, he's going hands-off and letting... Apollo sort of show Athena the ropes. Right. Um, or for a while, Apollo is indisposed. And we know what he's doing, or we find out what he's doing. But, you know, Phoenix doesn't just leave Athena to her own devices because she's not ready for that. So he, he's around. So you get, to, you get to see the interaction, you know, the three, the you know, interacting triangle of how Phoenix interacts with Apollo, how Apollo interacts with Athena, how Athena interacts with Phoenix, and the reverse of all those, those equations. So while they all get their own time in the sun, it's not like the others are being ignored during that time frame. So it, it is conducive to positive interaction where you're still learning about everybody, even though the focus may be more squarely on one of them. And it also does that thing in Apollo Justice where 
Phoenix is a big part of the story, but you don't realize that he's a big part of the story until, like, the very end of the game, until he basically brings it all together. Right, he's been hanging out in the background. Right. But, and we will talk about that in a little while. But he does a lot less of that in this game, obviously, because he's a featured character. Other other people fill that role in some way or another. Right. I think, in a small way, Apollo became what Phoenix was the last time around. He does. Absolutely. Um, so, I want to get into the story at some point. But first, I want to talk about the gameplay enhancements from past games. Yep. Uh, obviously, it's separated into investigation sections and trial sections. Mm -hmm. The investigation sections in previous games, as you know, was basically walking around uh, scene by scene. You're talking to witnesses. You're sort of going back and forth, and you're finding the right evidence to bring into court the next day. It was an adventure it, game. I mean, right. It was an adventure game. And there were also these sections when you basically had to pixel hunt oh, yeah. these hidden object scenes, which it's frustrating at the time. But looking back, it's kind of endearing that you actually had to hunt for your clues and you actually had to build your case using some amount of labor. Right. Now, the, the, the downside of that is you never necessarily knew where you were supposed to be looking. And sometimes the characters didn't really give you a positive hint on it. So you're right. just so there's the case in on the studio. Mm -hmm. I think it's case two of game one is especially egregious. Are you sure it's no? Because case two was with the uh, like the CEO. Oh, it's case three. That I, I haven't yep. played this game in a. It's the Steel Samurai case. Yep, that was case. Three. I haven't played this game in like <laughs> five years. Cut me some slack. I will. Um, and there's a there's this essentially a series of pixels you have to hit. Where you have to go to the security booth and find something. Or you have to go to the big dumb plaster head and find something. Then you have to go back to the security booth. And then later you come back and see that something's changed. And there's no indicator you need to do that. So a lot of times you're like, oh, where am I going now? And it's very easy because the, uh, the tree, it's like a location tree. From here you can go to here. From there you can go to here. It's very easy to get lost looking for a spot. And, right. and just figuring out what dumb little pixel I need to hit now. And because there's no real reinforcement on, you know, let's go look in this spot, it can be kind of, uh, I don't want to say stressful, but it could be kind of frustrating. Yeah, it, it did get to the point of frustrating, especially in cases like the circus case, which weren't essential, which weren't necessarily as amazing. Right. So they became especially annoying. But in the new game, it seems like they do the opposite of that. Where the hidden object pixel hunt is basically uh, pushed to single areas. So the game will tell you exactly what you need to find, exactly when you found everything. And it'll even check off when you've uh, basically seen each object that has a little bit of dialogue. And it's a lot like Layton 5 in that respect. Yeah. But also, they have this new thing with objectives where they will basically list notes. They'll list everything you need to do in the order you need to do them. And you'll talk to the people in the right order. You'll look at crime scenes in the right order. And the game basically funnels you through the investigation sections now, taking out a lot of the frustration and difficulty, but also a lot of the challenge, which I think is slightly different than difficulty. So in this case. how I've been thinking of this game to myself is the court sections were always more or less visual novels. Mm -hmm. um, the, the investigation part were essentially adventure game visual novel hybrids. Right. Now they, the investigation part is more, more in line with a VN versus an adventure game. 
because yeah. you really are going from place to place. They're telling you, hey, you need to. We, all right, we've you know we've investigated the space center. Let's go to you know let's go to the detention center. We need to talk to our client. And if you go anywhere else but the detention center, you just get whoever your assistant de jour is, and you can only ask them two things: where should we go, and what do you think of the investigation? And yeah. in both cases, they end with, "We should go to the detention center." So yep. it's like, yeah, okay, it's not linear, technically speaking, but yeah, I, I get it. I need to go there. It's closer to a visual novel now. I definitely agree, and I guess that's all. Maybe a polite way of putting, telling, saying what happened to the game, but the trials were also similarly streamlined up, up, in quotes up. because now you can retry everything as soon as you fail. So basically, the life bar doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. So I never actually extinguished my life bar. So I didn't realize that until somebody told me. Um, what I found is that the hint or the hints the. The, the scenarios in which you need to use evidence are much mm -hmm. more – the contradictions are much more clearly spelled out in the description of the item. So it'll be like it, – you know, it'll say the, – the person that's holding the piece of evidence will say, yeah, it's got the left handprint of, of the murderer on it. And then like you'll get to the – you'll look at the item in question in your inventory. It'll say right handprint of item. And you're like, oh, well, there we go. It, it's really – you just – you basically can just find. You could literally procedurally look at each line of code, look at the description of every item you have, and go nope until you've hit the one you want. Mm -hmm. So it, it's much. There's not the the sort of vague, vague, you know, sense of is this really the contradiction that we used to have in some of the other games? Uh, the third game, there were some examples. You're like, I'm not sure why this is wrong, but it's the only thing that kind of fits anywhere in this testimony. So. Here we go. Right, because it's, it's there are no events in this game. There are no moments where it's like trials and tribulations where I might actually go through about 15 pieces of evidence constantly reloading my game to see if I got it right. Right. And and to just to see if um Yeah, it's just I to mean see if I move on to the next It's thing. the the example that I always have is they saw a body flying over the gorge and the item you present is a map of the gorge. It's not really a contradiction. She saw a body flying over the gorge. The contradiction he points out is that there's no way she could have flown from left to right. It's like, <laughs> fuck, how was I supposed to know that? It doesn't say in the map, bodies can only flow right to left on this gorge. It, whereas in this game, it would be pretty explicit. You know, there is a, there is a much more black and white contradiction going on with almost every piece of evidence. The real trick is it presents you with these dialogue trees on pressing where it, one of them will have your contradiction. But you don't necessarily know which one it is, so you have to kind of work two sets of two sets of uh, info to figure out where you need to focus your attention and how you want to use evidence in that place. Are you talking about, like, the logic comments? Yeah, like, or, or it'll say something like, no, I mean where it, you'll press somebody and then you'll basically get to ask about one or oh, more, one or more things. And you have yep. to say, okay, do I want to do this one or this one? And you may have to walk back and forth to figure out which one of these gives you what you're looking for. The logic comment... You, you mentioned it's basically you're given like a you're given like a, a hypothetical question that your attorney is pondering in their mind while they um like stroke their chin thinking and the world is exploding behind them right set to dramatic music and you have to sort of pick what um best answers their rhetorical question and a lot of times it's a vague answer you know, it's like, well, how could they have possible? How could the body have possibly come down the ladder? And the answer is, it didn't. He wasn't dead, or something like that. 
And you just have to kind of walk through these. But the thing is, if you get one wrong, in case it's like it's Phoenix, he'll just go like, no, it doesn't make any sense. Let's try yeah, again. There's no penalty in a right. lot of stuff. So it, it really does, it seems like it doesn't want to hurt you in this game. It really, it really wants it to be a game you experience more as the story than as um, the game mechanics. And I'm okay with that because I think that, you know, it depends on the game. I think the storytelling in, in like uh, the second game wasn't wasn't great until, you know, maybe the last case. But, you know, I think about the third game. I would have read the third game as a book. The third game is amazing storytelling. And I think by by building the 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 gameplay mechanics to allow them to tell story, I think in this game, game five, they've done a pretty good job building a consistent narrative that sort of each thing builds on something else. And I'm not sure that they would have been able to do that in quite the same way if it still had some of the less linear elements to it. So let me ask you this then. So I think we can agree that no matter how you want to, I don't want to say sugarcoat, but no matter how you want to put it, this is by far probably the easiest game in the Ace Attorney series. Uh, That or Investigations. They're both, okay, but they're as both far as easy. mainline games go. Oh, yeah, I would, I would say it definitely is. I, so based on that, I mean, I in my review, I basically argued that it makes it easier, it makes it uh, more suitable to beginners, but whatever tension there was that the gameplay provided is basically gone now, and they expect you to rely on the tension of the story to keep you going and to keep you excited. I, Did I, you agree with this at all? If I had known that if I emptied my uh, my objection bar, it just lets me pick up from the beginning. Yeah, probably would have, but I didn't know that. Right. So, so I was actually cruising through a case with like one more mistake left for like the last third of the case, and I was I was shitting my pants the whole time. So I had I had no idea. Um, if I had known that, yeah, definitely, because I would have just been like, oh, whatever, let's try it out. But to me, there's a certain amount of personal pride in not screwing this up. So. I get the tension from that, um, and a lot of times I'm not even thinking about it. It's in my head. I'm just running the case through my head the whole time. So, right, I, I'm a little bit disconnected from it. It's definitely the easiest game of the main series. Um, now, some of that is because the game is better at better at just setting up the the case. I mean, yep, it's like I said, some of it's they just do a better job with the evidence or the evidence. The contradictions are a lot more clearly laid out, and some of it I think actually. The game does a pretty good job of putting something in front of you that you could miss pretty easily, although it's very blatant. I think it presents itself a lot better than previous games in the series on that front. Um, you, know, you have a piece of evidence that you have it the whole time, and if you really think about it, it doesn't make sense, but it isn't until that point in the case where you go, oh, dude, what in the world? And I think that makes it easier. I think the, the streamlining makes certainly makes it easier as well. So it probably does back the tension off a little bit. It's, but I think the, to me, the game really has always had a big, it's always been that hybrid of there's story tension and there's, there's, you know, gameplay tension here. And it's like, I don't really don't want my client to be found guilty. That would suck. Right. Even though I know, all right, I could just go back to the level and then just hold down B and just, you know, rocket ship through the text anyway and get back to where I left off. Yeah, that was one, uh, that and the, uh, what's it called, the case chat log Yeah, that you can access now, those are two of the nice things that are in the game, the new gameplay features, how you can basically speed through text as you see fit without having to have seen it first. Right, you can go and back and how, reread yeah. it if you screw it up, if you go too far, which I did frequently. Right, and then how you can read 
uh, case information yep. like as it happens. So let's say you just happen to zone out for a minute as a case is going. You can press this button and then you can read like the last maybe minute or two of dialogue that happened. Yep. Which is, which is, you know, it's a visual novel thing. I mean, that's something straight out of visual novels. Right. You press a button, you get to review text, because those games basically live and die by their writing, so they, they feature as many ways to read it as you want. Um, so, uh, bef- I think it is time to move on, but quickly, I guess, I'm, I'm wondering what you think of the new side shit that's in the game. And I call it side shit because it was the Cyclock and 2, it was Apollo's bracelet in four, and now it is the Mood Matrix. Oh, there, there's. What did you think of the side? There's, stuff? there's other ones in there too throughout the game's history. Um, right. I like that that the uh, I always hated the bracelet because it was on the DS screen. It was always really hard to see what was twitching. Yeah. I think on the 3DS it's actually a lot easier, and I think part of that's because the presentation is like the graphics are so much better in this game than they've oh, ever we're been. We're getting there. Well, I guess we should go there now. I guess we can agree that the side shit is. Uh, kind of fun, but it's a side thing that is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, but the one specifically for this game, um, yep, you know, it, it was nice to see the other ones come back and do little right. cameos, but the, the mood matrix in this game, for whatever reason, I just didn't get into it because a lot of times you'd be like, what do they really want from me here? And again, there's no penalty for being wrong, so it's just like, okay, I'm not entirely sure... I mean, I'm dealing with the crazy murderer. Maybe he does feel happy when he sees a dead body. I don't know. <laughs> or or the answer will be like, oh, the answer is there's nothing wrong with his emotion. So I just have to breeze through the text and get to the end. Or the or it's something like, uh, you know, watch for the emotion that never seems to go away while he's going. Like, all right, I go through. Oh, it's that one, that guy. What I did find, though, at the end is that if you cycle all the way back around, your assistant usually gives you a pretty significant hint on what you're looking for. So... A lot of times, if I let myself get to the end and loop back around, all the suffering I had just gone through trying to figure it out is completely wiped away by the game's going, no, you should look look for when he looks sad, bro. And, like, even if it might have been negligible in most cases, uh, gameplay-wise, they did do some clever things with it towards the end of the, ge- end of the game. Yeah. Uh, where they basically subvert your expectations of what that Simon-like game is supposed to be. And I, I don't think we should go into spoilers yet. No, I mean, they, they they built... They basically found a way to use that mechanic to kind of screw with you a little bit. Right. Uh, what I did find interesting about it, though, is the... It's the best way of putting it. Is the fact that um, three of the emotions pretty cleanly mapped, you know. Green is, or green is happy, red is angry, blue is sad... Yellow, they kind of fuck around with. Yellow, like, it's surprised or scared. It's both. Right. And blue could also be sad or fear. Yeah, it's like, what are you doing, game? I'm not sure how you're doing this. And they only explain that one time. Right. And the funny thing is, in the little in the little scroll back text, I don't, sometimes the text doesn't show up. It just shows a blank. It's yep, the, the, I noticed that too. I did not know if it was like a glitch with me. So I'm pretty sure it's a glitch, and I think one of the cases where it happens is where it explains what the colors are. Because <laughs> I missed it when, oh crap, what did he say? Oh crap! <laughs> so, do that. That, that game has a couple glitches that probably are going to get patched, and that's probably one of them. But I remember thinking, well, shit. Okay, I gotta figure this out. Um... So yeah. you know, I actually like the Cyclops more because it, it's it's more about um you know your your knowledge of the case 
mm-hmm. versus trying to read the facial expressions of a character who's losing their mind. Um, but yeah, it was it was a an interesting take on the little side investigation uh, utility. And I think when you play investigations, yeah, uh, there's no court cases in investigations. Um, it's all investigation. But they they get the court parts out by giving you these side events that really encapsulate the court experience in a very short, brief window that closely approximates sort of a mix of the Cyclock and um, some of the other ones that have come in the past. So it's it's real quick interactions where you're going through your evidence list and going to somebody going like, nah, you're lying, bro, and and handing them something and then judging their reaction based on it. Oh. So I I think I think it's very interesting that they continue to experiment with that format with these. These these offhand stuff. What was surprising is they don't really do it outside of the case. Whereas historically they've done things like the psych lock outside of the trial. Um, you know the the bracelet. All that stuff has taken place removed from the trial and in the trial itself. Whereas in this case, the mood matrix thing is entirely focused on during testimony. Which I guess I mean I guess there's a plot conceit of she has to deploy her dumb mood matrix thing. But like it would be interesting if they ever if they had put that interaction during the investigation phases, because I think it would have added some variety to them. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Oh, okay. Well, we need to move on a little bit, because we're already 25 minutes it's in. It's fine. Okay. So, next up, we got presentation. Yes. And I want to talk about the presentation, because the presentation is fucking great in this game. You guys touch on it on RFN, where you're talking about how, basically, you got GBA graphics, you got Apollo Justice, where it makes the switch to, like, half DS. And then yeah. you got the uh, this new game, which uses complete cell shading. Yep. It's got complete 3D models. It has a dynamic camera oh, that yeah. actually goes around the courtroom. It has uh, brand new character art that is way more detailed, and it's like a supercharged Apollo Justice. Well, and the the like animation, like like how right. the movement, it's much more organic than like quick jerky, you know, animated GIF movements of characters. I mean, it's it's very fluid, you know you. Characters move from one expression to the other. Um, the the professor in case three, for example, has oh, some. Oh, are am- we gonna get? Oh wait, no. I'm I'm, I'm not spoiling. I'm just saying he's a character in the game. He has some amazing. <laughs> he has some amazing animations, um, right. and which like which is partly because of his character design, which is absurd and tremendous. But like his like his movement is really organic for the fact that he's completely weird and doesn't make any sense as a person. I, we talk about this on the episode that, well, when this comes out, we'll go out tomorrow. But one thing I observed in the game is how it actually does like perspective using 3D that I haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Where the corners of the, where if you follow a room, a lot of time a character is standing in a corner, essentially. And if you follow the edges of the room, they recess back into the 3DS screen, which you have the 3D mode on. So right. the, the room itself actually does go back into the screen, like if you were looking at a real room. I don't think I've ever seen that in a 3DS game, whereas normally they would just put a... a a static back wall behind the person that's further back to them versus the wall sloping away towards, you know, the vanishing point on the 3ds screen. It's a, it's a neat little trick that although it doesn't add anything to the game, it sort of makes the world seem less like you're looking at a diorama and more like you're looking at a world. Well, I think I disagree with you about saying it doesn't add anything into the game because I think one of the funniest things about the 3d in this game is that they use depth so effectively that I think it's better than the use of depth in just about any other 3DS game. Oh, I would agree with that. Of maybe 3D Land. Like, I don't that's know. the I, only I, thing that it can contest with. 
And that's funny because it is an adventure game pushing visual novel. Yeah. I, I think I think from a from a how it presents depth, it, it does a better job than that game. I just don't think it I don't think it uses depth from a gameplay standpoint, is what I mean. Like the depth doesn't really affect what's going on right. in the game, but how it does it, the the skill with which it leverages Capcom's apparent mastery of the 3DS hardware is really telling. Um, I mean, Capcom's put out, I want to say, four major 3DS games at this point, mm-hmm. and they're all amazing looking. And it's like, how long have they had the hardware compared to everybody else? Because you have the two Resident Evil games, you have this one, and there was another one. Oh, it's um the Lost Planet spinoff that came out in Japan. Right. The, the, I mean, they're all just gorgeous hardware pushing masterpieces and i don't i don't understand how nobody else can do this and i think the uh the style they've actually gotten it down so well now that despite the fact that this game isn't that much more grotesque or disgusting or violent than any other ace attorney games because the blood looks so much more realistic now they justified giving it an m rating yeah uh and this is I don't want to steal Johnny's thunder, so I'm, right. I'm going to attribute him on this. We, we were discussing this, and one of the things we thought of is that because it's a download game, maybe Capcom just didn't feel like they needed to fight it. Mm-hmm. Like, they didn't try to fight for the T. And I think it being a, being a non-retail game probably gave them some flexibility to make this a T, or an M. I mean, right. Fatal Frame is a T, or the Fatal Frame DS, 3DS game is a T. Why is, why is this an M? Well, I mean, people do get stabbed in the chest in this game, but people get their faces ripped off in that one. So I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird. It's a, it's a weird that this game got an M. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and then just talking about the sound briefly, uh, I was goofing around and showing you the uh, the objection theme, Phoenix's objection theme, right when we started talking. And the music in this game is absolutely tremendous. I think it is a step up above anything else in the series, and it goes above that. Where the voice acting isn't just, like, someone shouting objection. Right. They have actual, uh, kind of shitty, like, it's it's okay, it's like Atlas tier profe- voice acting. They, These are professional voice actors who have done things you've probably heard them in. It's And if you have played, like, Shin Megami Tensei 4 or the Etrian Odyssey games, you've probably heard these voice actors. Right. It's like, it's like those Atlas... Uh, like dub actors. Yeah, these aren't guys they pulled off the street. These are people that you have to make appointments to get their time. They're professionals, and like they're good voice actors. I don't want to put down their talents, but in this game, you can tell they phoned it in just a little bit because, like, you got—I don't think it's a spoiler to say as a cameo that you got the uh, the prosecutor from the last game. Uh, no, Gavin. he's he's in he's in the he's in the art that came out with the game, so you're fine. Okay. So Gavin is in the third case. He makes sort of a cameo, but a guest appearance. Oh, and when you hear him actually voice acted, like he's he has like an American accent, but he still says his like German words. It's so weird. And he's supposed he's supposed to be like a like a rock star, and he doesn't come off as a rock star at all. He's just he's just like a really chill dude. It, it, he sounds like a Persona character. He's it, I mean. He's the one that made me laugh. Voice like he's the, he's the only one in the voice off the voice acting that I, I kind of giggled about because it's it's so so silly. You're just yeah. like, all right, I'm I'll, I'll deal with that. Um, now, granted, what's weird is he isn't German. I mean, his character isn't German. I know that tends to get forgotten. He just studied in Germany and apparently picked up German phrases. So oh, I, I think really? he actually is an American, but it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 
Like now that they've decided to localize it, it really or voice act him, it really doesn't make any sense anymore. It's just like, all right, game. You just like they could have toned back all his German, you know, exclamations, but said, no, we're not going to do that. So it it comes off as a really strange experience. So out of curiosity, what did you think of the rest of the sound design? So I I like the music a lot. Um, there's there from a musical standpoint, I'm not sure that it's it's as good as it has as much diversity as some of the other ones. I mean, Game Three, you know, you had Godot's theme, which is this amazing jazzy melody, um, but it's it's still really solid Ace Attorney music. Uh, what they gain though is by moving to the 3DS hardware. They're able to play with the much more expansive sound capacity of the 3DS, and they could have done this on the DS, but because these were these were essentially initially GBA games, they didn't. Um, if you go back and listen to the music from Case Four, where they're where they're supposed to be Gavin's rock band, you'll think, "Wow, that's awful. Why is that a DS game?" And the, there's no answer to that question. It's it's GBA music at best. But in this game, they've really sort of said, okay, well, we can do whatever we want because it's 3DS hardware. It can support pretty much anything we want to throw at it. Let's just, you know, really well instrument this music. And to me, the, the, the nice part about an Ace Tony game, which I was getting to play it, is the inevitable release of the uh, orchestra soundtrack and the jazz soundtrack. So I'll, I'll, be, I'll be thrilled when those roll around. Uh, from the sound effect standpoint, it's the exact same sound effect kit they've been using all along. Maybe it sounds a little bit less gritty because of the hardware. Um, except they they read they obviously redubbed the objection and take that to match the new voice actors. Um, all in all, you know it's the voice acting is is competent. It's you know it's it's cool to hear these characters voice acted, just because they've been silent for the, this whole time, and right. you know it it's used sparingly, but when it's used, it's kind of neat. And it would be kind of dumb if we had to watch these videos in silence anyway. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with with the sound design. It's you know it's it's good. It's <laughs> the best way of putting it. Okay. So next up, I want to talk about the story, the characters, and the writing. Ooh. So this game in general, five cases, I don't think that's a spoiler. No. It is different from regular Ace Attorney games in two ways. The first is that uh, the pace for cases is a lot different than it was before. Like in the original games... The first case is always one trial segment. The second case is two days. The third case is two or three days. The fourth case is three days. And if there's a fifth case, that's three days too. Yep. But in this one, uh, some some of them are one days, even though they're like a later case. Some of them are two days. And it just seems out of order. Like the longest cases aren't necessarily the ones at the end. No, uh, case three, for example, is it's not many days, but it's quite lengthy. Right. Uh, even the final case, which... Uh, well, the final case is, is a mess, so it's... The final case is technically one, like, day, but it's, like, six hours well, long. Well, yeah, uh, so before we proceed any further on that, here be spoilers. I mean... Are, well... I mean, they may come up. That, that was the... They may come up, listen at your own li- risk. Yeah. When we get into serious spoilers, we will warn you again. Right. Uh, For right now, there, it shouldn't be too bad, but we right. might get into it a little bit. There may be, a, like, a little risk of something. Like, uh, right. The it, it was a lot less formulaic in the progression of cases. In some cases, uh, I'm trying to remember what case it was, you actually start with the investigation. That's heresy in, in an yep. Ace Attorney game. You always start with... You know, Phoenix has just been hired by this guy. He hasn't even met him yet. They're meeting in the defendant's lobby, and he's got to basically make the case just last long enough he can actually do an investigation. Mm -hmm. So he's basically just stalling the entire first day. 
Whereas in, you know, they actually could start doing an investigation beforehand. And I don't think it actually goes back out of the courtroom in that case. I think they resolve it that day. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting sort of, you know, they, they've decided that they don't have to stick to the formula just because it's the formula. They've, they've allowed themselves to play with some other options. And I think, I think maybe the investigations game probably gave them some flexibility because those games obviously are completely different from how they're, right. they're working out. So maybe they, by, by making those games, you know, Ace Attorney 4 was made a long time ago. And, you know, they've made two games since then that don't even have court segments. So I think, you know, maybe it gave them sort of the mental flexibility. They always had it, but maybe they now recognize, oh, we don't have to follow the same formula every time. We can play with it. We can do different things, and it'll be okay. And I think, I think that's it, – it's liberating for you as the player because, you know, all right, I'm going to court. Nothing's going to get settled today because we got to do another round of investigations. Oh, we're going to investigations. Okay. We're going to have another day of court. Maybe it'll be another day of investigations after that and another day of court. It's like, no, because you just – you – it's brisker. There's there's not a lot of going back in like once you go to the courtroom the second time, you're not going you're not leaving. Right. It's it's going to get settled. So like it's yeah. It doesn't there's there's not that it makes the court case feel a little bit more brisk. I think it makes the tension of when you're in court a little bit higher because you don't necessarily know how this is going to go down. It's not like, well, I know I've got 3 days of this. So day 2 is a total throwaway. Like I I mean, nothing's going to get settled today. We're just going to get more mysteries at the end of the day that will become up to be more mysteries for tomorrow. Like this, this may be it. Like you need to be aware this could be the end of it. So just right. keep your head, keep your wits about you. It's it's a good feeling in a way because you're like, okay, it changes, so I'm I'm happy with it. And this ties in to the other uh, big change for the Ace Attorney series, which you could argue that uh, Trials and Tribulations that they did the same thing this game that did. But I think this game takes it so much further and that even though there are five cases, there is essentially one story. Right. Every single case directly and significantly, including the second case, I would argue, which is not common in Ace Attorney games, ties in to one general plot about uh, the dark age of the law. I won't go beyond that. Right. And uh, the past of a couple key characters. Yeah. I would say I would I put them about on par with 3. I mean I I, I honestly like 3 stories bet 3 story a little bit better. So to to this game to Dual Destinies unnumbered because they don't number their games for some reason. Right. To Dual Destinies which is game 5 just to clarify in case there's any confusion. Um I like I liked it in 3 and I like it here that there's this gradual progression towards what essentially is an undercurrent of uh, danger that is plaguing essentially the world in case legal world or just the world at large. And, you know, they're, they're resolving something much bigger than the individual cases that they're addressing. And it gives a certain sense of gravitas to the whole proceedings. I mean, while yes, there is a murder case in play here, that murder case is relatively insignificant in the scale of the much larger issues they're dealing with. Right, um, I, I mean, how, you agree on that, like, or is it kind of? Am I kind of reading too much into it? Uh, which point that 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 these cases are rel- seem relatively insignificant relative to everything else going on around them that they are sort of getting at the heart at. Well, I think that I think you're definitely right. I think especially the second and first case uh, 
I don't think we're spoiling too much by saying you don't fully realize the significance of that until you're at the uh, final case, basically. Right. Like, all the cases are relatively insignificant, especially the first three, until it gets to four and five, where it starts to tie everything together in a bow. Yeah, I, I think, I, I, although I know you disagree, I think two, probably the least of the five, are is connected. But it sort of establishes the, the, the mise-en-scene for the rest of the narrative, that this there is this sort of sense of just general sickness that has pervaded the the legal society as a whole it is it is the case itself is endemic of the larger problem it doesn't necessarily tie into the exact specific narrative of what kind of evil is afoot there i mean it is it is directly impacted by it but it's not you know it's not as directly tied to the primary conspiracy as the other ones are but at the same time it establishes how this entire the entire world has changed since the end of the fourth game. Right. Well, I think I was just saying case two, maybe not the most, but especially in relation to other case twos in previous games. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, case two in the other games is usually a throwaway. It's right. It, the, case one is your training for the courtroom. Case two is your training for the investigation. Mm-hmm. Case three is where shit starts to get real. And that's why in a lot of games, case three is usually really substantive. It's usually really it's usually really close to the heart of the meta narrative and right. it's usually trying to strike at something bigger. And that's usually it's, it's sort of the, uh, the rising action for what essentially the crescendo to what essentially is the, the ultimate event of the case four or five, depending on whatever yeah. the last case is. It's really the transition from the training, the training period to, Oh my God, what's going on phase of the last case. Yeah, I think one thing I really appreciate about this game that I didn't touch on in my review is that it doesn't feel like the last case or the last two cases are the only actual cases in the game. Right. It feels like every single one is part of the game. Yeah. I think I think uh, I don't think any game except for 3 has attempted to build such a consistent narrative between all the cases. Right. I, don't, I don't even think 4 attempted it. I think because they probably looked back at what they did on 3 and said we have created perfection. We cannot attempt this again. Let's go do something else. Well, in four, they they made a loose effort, but they right. basically told ninety percent of the story in the last case. Yeah, whereas in case three, I mean, it covers like twenty years of history, and it's just rolling through this long. Um, but they're but they're being pretty explicit that all these things are tied back together. Mm-hmm. Case three's, I mean, game three's big triumph is that it tie it managed to retroactively tie stuff from the other two games. Whereas case is this game, they're a, they're much more liberated. They are starting with essentially blank slates for everybody. You know, Phoenix has resolved all his internal crap in Game Four. All his all his problems were fixed at the end of Game Four. Apollo's known issues are resolved at the end of Game Four as well. So they sort of present him with new demons, and I think it's a brand new character. So everybody has sort of a new, you know, they're they're blank slates you can build upon. And yeah. that gives them the ability to sort of craft a narrative, even as they change primary characters, to that builds on itself right up till the end of the game. They're not trying to tie back things from, you know, two games previous when some dude got hit in the head with a clock that talks. Right. Yeah. They don't have to they don't have to worry about that. They're not hamstrung by these things. And I think the time between when this game came out and when game four came out also gives them some some freedom to play with, you know, narrative structure that they didn't have before. 
And I think they took so many liberties in making one self-contained story that uh, I kind of mentioned this right off the bat in my write-up of it. But they basically throw away a lot of the story plot points and characters that happened in previous games. Like, they don't necessarily ignore it, but they do ignore some stuff. Right. Like, uh, I guess Apollo Justice spoilers for the next 30 seconds. I know, which, I know what it's going to be, I bet. Can, can I guess? Uh, it does it start with a J? J? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not, maybe right. maybe come okay. with a... You know what? I'm going to let you guess because there are two things, and if it's not the Jura system, it is the other thing. Oh, yeah, no, it's not the Jura system. The uh, the thing I was thinking of. All right, spoiler time. It, it's, yeah, I just spo- no. Yeah, I'm, I'm giving another warning. Is that okay. Apollo Justice is Trucy's half sister? Yes, brother. <laughs> and they don't talk about it at all in this game, and they interact all the time, and they never they talk never about say it. Brother, sister, and they never mention it again. It's like no, it's fine, and everybody knows. Where's their mom? Their mom did not die. Oh, we know exactly where their mom, her mom, their mom is. Well, kinda. I mean, she's she's intimately involved at the end of game four. But right, uh, there's there's these weird like tie-ins to previous games though that like you're like, whoa, they're really acknowledging some seriously minu- some serious level minutia here, like some really old back narrative stuff they're bringing up as like little cameo bits. Um. But the, but it is a lot more self-contained. Like it uh, is. There are there are some cameos we're going to talk about later. That even though Capcom advertised these, I am still going to hold off until we get to our actual spoiler yeah. section. I mean I, I mean I'll say one that's that's really insignificant, which is in Game Four, Gavin. You know, it's a, it's a case about Gavin's band performing with this singer, right. and then in this game. Like a student's gonna perform with with the, his band, and she's making the exact same outfit this singer wore. Yep. Now they never mentioned this. You'd have to have just remembered she wore that exact same outfit. And there's like there's no play. Oh yeah, I saw this from an outfit from performance. I did not. They don't even acknowledge it. It's just sort of like a. It's like it's a gift to like hardcore fans of the series. Right. It feels like there are a few secret gifts. Yeah. Like uh like that. And then the couple cameos we'll talk about in a little while. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are some references, but it does feel like that they abandoned a lot of stuff in the game. Like, a lot of stuff in previous games. And, and by by it being time removed, so Game 4 is seven years after the first three. Right, and this is like a year and This change. is like a year after after four. Right. Now, Trucy and Apollo apparently forgetting their familial relationship doesn't really make sense. Because they still basically work together all the time. Right. But... You know, they they make some minor allusions to it, like they talk about, you know, that she teases him all the time. So maybe a little bit, but yeah, it's, you know, it's it's so weird they don't mention it that the two people I've talked about this game with have both gone, why don't they mention this? And it's like, because they just didn't feel like it, I guess. Okay. Maybe they forgot. Maybe Capcom forgot their brother and sister. <laughs> I, I feel I, like I wouldn't be totally they, want, shocked. they really wanted to make this game beginner-friendly. And not only did they take those liberties in the gameplay, but I think they took them in the story, too. Like, I think they realized, all right, if we bring back a 40-year-old gumshoe, no one's going to know who the fuck this guy is. No. No one's going to know. No one's going to care that Trucy and uh, Apollo are brother and sister, even though they... I mean, uh, they could have dispensed with it pretty quickly when they introduced her character. When they introduced the character in the game, they give you a little bit of backstory. And a lot of times it had pull-ins from where they had been in previous games. They could have just said, you know, Trucy... Trucy Wright, you know, adopted by... They mentioned that she was adopted despite the fact that she's only, like, eight years younger than Phoenix. Um, you know, 
in in uh in a previous case, we found out that she and Apollo were actually half siblings. They, they could just dispense with it there and been done. Uh, but they're like, nah, we're not even gonna mention it. It's fine. Okay, so uh, I we talked about Apollo, Athena, Phoenix. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess quickly, Apollo. We agree that he has become. Well, I at least think Apollo's become more of a real character. Athena is way more interesting than Apollo was in his first game. Yep. And Phoenix is an absolute joy to see uh, just him mature and become. Yeah, because really he's still he's character. still himself. Like, but you can tell he's older. He looks right. older. He's he's more amused by he looks older, but I think he's more amused by the the rantings of his young charges now than he was in the past. Like he's just sort of like, yep, they're idiots. It's fine. Right. But it, he like he has there is a certain amount of paternalism that he has that he didn't have in Apollo Justice. Like he consistently shows pride in you know what these these people he's mentoring are doing. You know he's yeah. he's very he's explicitly very proud of both of them when they do things. He shows he shows concern when they're when things are upsetting them. He's the adult in the room. And he's surrounded by children. Apollo's like twenty two, Athena's eighteen, Trucy's like sixteen. I mean, he he's he's not old. I can't remember how old he's in his thirties, I believe. He's he's in his mid thirties now, but don't you think it's like a little surreal though, how in the first Phoenix Wright game he was this young guy goofing around. Yeah, he's like twenty four and he's like he's just oh, goofy faces. Goofy times now. But I and mean now people call him Gramps. He was called Gramps once in the courtroom. Yeah. Which is so insane to me. Yeah, I mean it's He's older, but he's acting like he should be older. Right. And that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, but it, it the the what they pulled off that's really neat is he got older, he's mm-hmm. acting older, but he's still himself. He's still the same guy that you met in the first game who's goofy and a little bit ridiculous and he could be a little he can get he can get too carried away in his own excitement. You know, he's not he's not, you know, the boring old mature guy. I mean, he still he still walks into traps the prosecutors are laying for him, despite them being patently obvious. Right. And because he, he just gets carried away, he gets excited. He still has that same passion, but now he's can sort of constrain it in a way that only somebody who's got the kind of seasoning of a career professional can. Hey guys, Alex here. So this is going to sound like a bit of an abrupt ending, but when James and I were recording this, we actually went on so long that we have enough audio to actually do a full spoiler cast for Dual Destinies next week. So I just wanted to use this as an outro to separate the segments and just let you guys know what's going on. All right, see you later. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Don't forget to send your listener mail questions to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com, and please rate and review the show on iTunes. Thanks.